I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. For all the amazing, wonderful energy that Doctor Who puts out into the world, it's not a perfect show, something that even the most hardcore Whovian will probably admit. Sometimes it's a little bit too complicated, sometimes it's a bit too silly, and sometimes the acting leaves a lot to be desired. But the king of all these flaws, the one weak point that stretches way back to the very origins of the show, is its special effects. From that ridiculous giant rat in the talons of Wen Chiang to the Wirren from the Ark in Space, Doctor Who has been struggling to depict its fantastical sci-fi worlds and crazy alien creatures for the past 57 years. And when the show started to heavily incorporate CGI in its 2005 revival, the BBC's purse strings didn't suddenly get a lot looser. So while there have been some fantastic special effects in this modern era of Doctor Who, there have definitely been some more naff ones than good ones. In fact, you could probably choose any episode at random and find a couple of examples of rough CGI. But rather than rambling on for hundreds of entries, let's be a little bit more selective, shall we? Here are some of the worst offenders, the dodgiest CGI we've seen in Doctor Who since it returned to our screens in 2005. My name is Rich, welcome to Who Culture, and these are 10 terrible CGI moments in modern Doctor Who. Number 10. The Cybermen and the Burning Sky, Death in Heaven While the Capaldi era certainly had some of the better CGI we've seen in modern Doctor Who, it still wasn't perfect, and one bad example that sticks in the mind is this climactic scene from the Series 8 finale, Death in Heaven. At the end of the episode, the doomed Danny Pink gives a rousing speech and then leads the rest of the Cybermen high into the sky, killing themselves in order to burn up the dark clouds and save the day. There are two offending shots here, the first is the wide shot of all the Cybermen taking off from the graveyard, and the second shot is of the Doctor, Missy, and Clara stood beneath the burning sky. For the former, the Cybermen look a little too rigid and flat, like 2D images that have been hastily keyframed in, and the smoke beneath their feet looks ridiculously cheap, like a basic chroma key effect found on YouTube. And for the latter, the three actors are clearly reacting to nothing, while the sky itself is far too bright and lacks texture. This scene looks even worse because this is meant to be the big saving humanity climax from the finale, and thus, it's one of the most important moments of the entire series. And it's really hard to feel that importance when you can tell you're staring at a load of green screen and Poundland pixels. Number 9. The Cybermat Closing Time The Series 6 episode Closing Time marked the return for the Cybermats, a small robotic creature that, due to their size, are much sneakier than the Cybermen. 
This makes them great for infiltration purposes, and that's exactly what they're up to in this story, being used by the Cybermen to harvest power from electrical sources. The episode brings the Cybermen to life with a mix of digital and practical effects, and while the practical ones are strong, the CGI looks absolutely terrible. There's a scene where the Cybermen attacks the Doctor and his friend Craig, with one or two shots featuring the digital Cybermen. The way it lunges at the two men looks fake as balls, and you can tell that the actors were struggling to react to something that wasn't actually there. Plus, the shot that occurs right after the Doctor whacks the Cybermen the pan is entirely unconvincing, with the look and movements of the computer-generated creature meshing terribly with its real-world surroundings. Since it's only a couple of shots, this is one of the more tolerable instances of bad CGI, but it's still really bad, and definitely under spots on this list. Number 8. The Spinning Tree – The Christmas Invasion David Tennant is barely in his first Doctor Who episode, The Christmas Invasion. He spends half of it lying in bed, recovering from the effects of regeneration. At one point though, he does wake up to save Jackie, Mickey and Rose from a rather angry Christmas tree that's plowing its way through their tiny suburban flat. The tree, a remote-controlled roboform device, starts rapidly spinning in circles and heads towards the trio like a very festive Beyblade. While some of the dodgy CGI here is masked by the fact the tree is constantly moving and twirling and thus is fogged by thick layers of motion blur, it basically looks like an indistinguishable green swirl and its weaknesses are only amplified by the fact that it's moving through an entirely practical environment. If we had to pick out the single worst shot, it has to be the moment where Mickey uses a wooden chair to try and defeat the tree. Stupid idea in the first place, Mickey. Doctor Who always seems to struggle with combining real actors with CGI elements, and this is a perfect example of that. Number 7. Prisoner Zero's True Form – The Eleventh Hour For the most part, Matt Smith's debut episode looks stunning. One of the first Doctor Who stories to be filmed in HD, a trend that started in 2009 with Planet of the Dead, the picturesque village of Ledworth, the playful new TARDIS, and one particularly inspired use of lens flare gives the episode a magical fairy tale vibe, and the whole thing just pops off the screen like a colourful 3D storybook. Unfortunately though, one of the things that pops off the screen in a bad way is the weak CGI used to create the true form of Prisoner Zero. While the villain appears as a human for the majority of the episode, oh look, it's Olivia Coleman. It transforms into a slippery snake-like creature on a few different occasions, and, for lack of a better term, it just looks unfinished. It genuinely looks like the penultimate render of something, like the effects team ran out of time to add more details to the skin. The creature looks too smooth and glossy, and like previous entries, it fails to blend in with its realistic surroundings. Prisoner Zero has escaped. Yes, it escaped the computer far too early. Number 6. The Jagrafest – The Long Game Pretty much every episode in Christopher Eccleston's run as the Doctor contains some cringy CGI. Admittedly, it was the first series, the BBC Pocket wasn't that deep at this point. And unfortunately, it really does show. Case in point, The Jagrafest, found in Episode 7, The Long Game. A big messy blob of pixels with two rows of teeth slapped on the bottom, this villain isn't particularly well designed or executed. It looks basic in every sense of the word. It's almost like the team just couldn't be bothered and just made a quick and easy monster by just, you know, slapping a load of goop on the screen. There's also this quite funny shot of the Jagrafest exploding and it just looks like a big turd dangling from the top of the screen. Number 5. Jennifer's Flesh Forms, The Rebel Flesh and the Almost People Series 6's The Rebel Flesh and the Almost People introduces the concept of the flesh, a thick white substance, not that one, that's used to create disposable doppelgangers, or gangers for short, of mining workers. When they aren't looking like ordinary humans, the flesh gangers have slimy, pale white skin that's an awesome effect used a lot through the episodes. However, the gangers can also manipulate their flesh bodies to contort themselves into a variety of different forms, and it's here where the CGI in the story takes a massive beating. 
There are two main instances that we can point to, both featuring Jennifer, the bathroom scene in the Rebel Flesh, and the corridor chase at the end of the Almost People. The bathroom scene sees Flesh Jennifer stick her head out of a wooden door, having elongated her neck so it resembles a thick body of a snake. The effect itself looks laughable in motion with the choppy movements of that huge digital neck failing to merge with the very, very real, very bemused face of actress Sarah Smart. But at least it's only two shots, whereas the Almost People's corridor chase is an entire sequence of CGI suckage. Flesh Jennifer has now transformed herself into a lumbering, four-legged thing, and it's just as hilariously bad as the bathroom scene. It's hard to be scared of a monster that looks like a hairless cat wearing a wig. Number 4. The Slitheen, Aliens of London and World War 3 Series 1's two-part story, Aliens of London and World War 3, revolves around a takeover of the UK government by the Slitheen, alien creatures that can wear human skins like a suit, allowing them to appear as anyone they like. While these Slitheen are often depicted with some pretty great practical costumes, there are also some instances where they're portrayed via CGI, and some of these moments look so bad, we're genuinely surprised they were given the thumbs up. There are a few shots in World War 3 where the Slitheen run down corridors, which, while a poor use of your hard-earned TV license money, they are at least quick. However, the eye-wateringly bad CGI where the Slitheen emerge from their human costumes, see the climax to Aliens of London, is downright embarrassing to watch. This one is a shame because, again, the practical costumes are really, really well done. But it seems to be the BBC learned their lesson, because when Blonde Fell Foch Passamere Day Slitheen returns in Boomtown, the CGI of her leaving her skin suit looks a damn sight better. And when the Slitheen returned again in the Sarah Jane Adventures, the practical costumes were made a ton better so the actors could actually run around in them. No more weird, desaturated CGI for them. Number 3. The Scribble Monster. Fear Her. Fear Her is a really dull episode with a great concept at its heart. The villain of the story is a young girl, Chloe Webber, who can draw any person on the planet and that person will become stuck inside the paper she uses. In addition, Chloe can also create living beings from her drawings, which is how the episode Scribble Monster comes to life. Chloe just scribbles on paper. This monster attacks Rose when she's investigating a garage, springing from the shadows and leaping at her face, and it's literally a visual mess. It looks like a flat 2D image that wiggles a little bit and there's no sense of depth in the way it's been executed, giving no sense this monster is actually there in front of Rose. To be fair, you could say this effect is meant to look shoddy because it's based on a young girl's scribble, but even if that's your angle, it still looks bad. Number 2. The Lazarus Monster. The Lazarus Experiment. While a lot of Doctor Who monsters can be brought to life practically, there are other instances where CGI is the only option. Take 2007's The Lazarus Experiment, in which the crew had to somehow get a gigantic scorpion monster with a human face, no less, upon the screen. And while everyone involved surely tried their best, they were fighting a losing battle against Doctor Who's tight budget, because the final effect is a disaster. There are a ton of problems with the end result, such as the fact it never really feels like it's lit in accordance with its surroundings, but the biggest issue is easily the face, which looks like it's been hurriedly plastered on top of the main monster model. Seriously, this thing looks like it's straight out of a PlayStation 2 game. The textures on the actual body itself look incredibly low resolution. I didn't realise the special effects team used a Game Boy camera to get Mark Gatiss's likeness for the face. It is a real shame too, because the concept of the episode is truly brilliant. The Doctor knows borderline immortality and knows that maybe it's not something that Lazarus really wants. But when that big dumb scorpion monster comes barging into the plot, it completely falls apart. Number 1. Mickey gets sucked into a bin. Rose. The first ever episode of Doctor Who's 2005 revival had an important task to accomplish, get the British public on board and secure the future of the show. Thankfully, thanks to the fantastic writing, amazing characters and, of course, Christopher Eccleston, the ninth Doctor, the best one, it definitely worked. However, one thing it didn't get right were its special effects. 
After the incredible title sequence that I still think has not been beaten yet to this day, the majority of the CGI goes a bit downhill, with the cheap looking explosion at the department store, the iffy looking nesting consciousness, but most importantly, the moment where Mickey gets sucked into a wheelie bin. Poor Noel Clark had to pretend that his hands were stuck to the gooey, stretchy, rubbery material coming from the bin, and he does give it his all, but it must have been just as embarrassing to film as it was to watch. Everything about this scene is wrong, from the sound effects, to the way the bin moves, to the obvious green screen, and honestly, we're kinda surprised that showrunner Russell T Davies was brave enough to leave this bit in. One saving grace though, the bin does burp. As silly as it is, I wouldn't change it for the world. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.